Julie, I appreciate you coming and sharing with us today. Um, you know, this is something that is near to, to Amber and I's heart. My wife and I, we were foster parents. Uh, we got to adopt uh, our oldest daughter, Adeline, and there is tremendous need in our community uh, for foster and adoptive parents. And so if this is something that, that you have, have ever even considered, just even in an inkling, I want to encourage you to put some feet to that faith and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to take this next step and see if maybe this is something that you, that you have for me. Maybe you are in a stage in your life where you are an empty nester and you are celebrating being past the um, child-rearing age. I want to tell you and challenge you that maybe that's exactly what God has in store for you. Uh, we oftentimes think of foster and adoptive parents as being young parents, uh, but some of the best ones in the system are the ones who have the experience to lean back on uh, to, to get through the difficulties that really that job requires. So uh, thank you for coming and sharing. I hope that you guys will stop by and, and just even talk to Julie afterwards and get some more information about it as you leave. Um, let, me, let me pray and then we'll dive into our sermon this morning. God, thanks for this time and this place where we can gather to worship, we can gather to um, be challenged by what you want to teach us today. And as we start this new series talking about who we are as a church and where we are going, uh, I pray that our hearts and our minds will be open to that and that we will be a church on mission for you, that we will make a kingdom impact, uh, not just in our lives, but in our community and around the world. And we give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Several years ago, I came across a website called despair.com. Uh, sounds like a, a really fun place to, to visit, doesn't it? Despair.com. Uh, but they actually sell a very uh, unique and interesting product. Are you familiar with the motivational posters that maybe you walk into businesses or offices and you see they're maybe hanging up on the wall and they got a black mat around them? And then there's usually like this, this picture of a beautiful scenery or a group of people like, you know, locking arms or doing something together. And then it'll have like a word underneath it, like teamwork. You know, together we are better than what we could be individually. You know, it has some kind of motivational statement like that to it. And, and those are good. And maybe, you know, you have some of those hanging up in your office or, or around your place of, of business. Um, but but despair.com, they, they don't sell motivational posters. They sell de-motivational posters. Uh, they sell posters that have um, statements that are just a little bit more jaded and cynical, and it just meets my personality and my sense of humor where, where I am. And so maybe it will for you. They sell posters like, like this one that says, Ambition, a journey of a thousand miles sometimes ends very, very badly. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. All right, let's look at the next one. Perseverance. It's the courage to ignore the obvious wisdom of turning back as the car is running right into the turn. Anybody feel like that's their life right now? Like, I can't do anything about this right now. I'm just going to keep on, keep on going. Um, this one is one of their most popular on their website. <clears throat> Procrastination. Hard work often pays off after time, but laziness always pays off now. <laughs> that should be your motto this afternoon. Like, just be lazy and enjoy that because it'll, it'll pay off. It's actually pretty funny. If you go to their website and you click on the procrastination uh, poster in the description, it, it, all that it says is, we'll finish this later. And then it'll say, coming soon, coming soon, coming soon. It's pretty funny. 
And I'd love to walk into an office and see some of these posters sometimes. Uh, sometimes you walk into an office or, or a company or an organization and you'll see their mission statement up on the wall. Maybe it is in a, in a nice little plaque. Maybe it's in these big, bold letters. And it says something like, you know, we exist to... And then it uses a bunch of big words that we kind of vaguely understand and we sort of get an idea of why that organization exists and what they hope to do because they exist. And sometimes I think if companies are honest, um, this would be the mission statement that's hanging up on a lot of walls. Make money, duh. <laughs> a lot of organizations, a lot of businesses, that's, that's maybe their mission statement. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's probably true for a lot of churches too. Um, just, that's why we exist, is to make money. But every organization, every company, every church typically has a mission statement that explains why they exist. They, they have maybe a vision statement that, that says, this is where we are going. And then they have values that say, these are the things that are important to us. And, and I think that you can learn a lot about an organization based on those three things, based on their mission and their vision and their values. Like if, they, if those three things do more than just hang up on an office wall, then they're probably shaping who that organization is. And so you can learn a lot about them um, by why they exist, where they're heading, and those things that they value and, and hold most dear. And over the last couple of years, the elders and the staff and many key leaders at Sherwood Oaks across all of our campuses have been working hard to shape some of these core statements for our church. They have spent hours praying and fasting. They have been um, studying scripture and working with consultants. They have, have been uh, pouring over each word and phrase to ensure that it captures who we are, what we believe, and where we are going. And after all of this time and energy and study and prayer, uh, we are so excited to be launching this new series this morning called This Is Us, where we're going to be taking a look at these things. Now, before you think that we borrowed this title from the hit um, TV show on NBC with the same name, I just want you to know we did not borrow it. We flat out stole it. Like we just took it and we, we made it our own. And, and we did it for several reasons. We, we did it because over the next several weeks, we are going to be looking at the mission and values of Sherwood Oaks Christian Church across all of our campuses, whether it is here at Bedford, it's at Bloomington West, it's at Bloomington East, it's at our Spanish-speaking campus. Wherever you are, these statements are birthed out of what we doctrinally hold to be true and, and where we feel like the Lord is leading this congregation. We, we have taken some of the most important passages of Scripture that talk about why the church exists, and we've taken these first century statements and we've tried to contextualize them into our 21st century lives and where we are going and why we are doing these things. And if you're a fan of the show, I promise that there will be much less crying than that version. My wife loves that show. And whenever she watches it, I look at her and she just has like tears in her eyes. I'm like, how do you find this entertaining? Uh, we hopefully won't be crying as much as we go through this version. There may be still some tears, but much less of them, I, I promise. Before we dive into the series, I want to just kind of give a 30,000-foot overview of where we are going to be going. Like, what is our mission statement? What are our values. And so let's take a look up here on the screen. This just kind of lays out uh, where we're going to be heading over the next six weeks. Number one, our mission. 
The reason why we exist is people helping people grow generations of Christ-led influencers. And that nine words, that's all that it is, but I believe that those nine words pack a really powerful punch about who we are and why we do what we do. And we're going to look at those more in depth today. People helping people grow generations of Christ-led influencers. And then underneath that, you see our, our values. And the way that I kind of think about values is they're the guardrails that, that make sure that you're heading in the right direction. They, they keep you from, from getting off track. And, and these values, just real quick overview, value number one is that we live like God owns everything. If, if the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, then really all that we are is just stewards. As, as, as a church, that's what we are, and as individuals. And when we live like God owns everything, man, it releases us and frees us and empowers us to make a real kingdom difference in, in this world. Value number two, we mentor across generations. One of the things that, that we hold um, to, to be really important across all of our campuses is multi-generational ministry. What that means is that we feel like we lose, we lose some of the, the, the power that can happen when a group of people come together, we lose some of that if we segregate generationally. If we just say, well, this is, you know, just a Bible study for senior adults, this is just a Bible study for young married couples, we believe in the power of multi-generational ministry that we can learn from one another and we can teach one another. And so we value mentoring across generations, not just what's happening up and down this hallway, not just what's happening in here, but in homes throughout the week. We value that. Value number three, we think like everyday missionaries. We believe that for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we have been commissioned, we have been sent out to make a kingdom impact in this world. And that as we go, we are all missionaries in this world. And we may not go to foreign countries or foreign lands, but for most of us, our mission field is wherever we find our feet. And so our mission field might be in our home, in our neighborhood, in our place of work. We want to think like everyday missionaries. Value number four, we tell life-changing faith stories. Faith stories that remind us that God is good, that he's working. In those times in our life where maybe we don't sense that, we see it in other people and it encourages our own faith. We want to tell life-changing faith stories and celebrate the good things that God is doing, which leads to value number five, we create fun and refreshing experiences. We believe that church shouldn't be boring. And uh, we, we, we feel like it's, it's fun and we value having fun. And so over the next six weeks, we're going to be kind of doing a deeper dive into each one of these values and, and how they shape the culture here at Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Now, I imagine you might be thinking, like, why is this so important? Why is this so important that we're going to be spending the next several weeks um, talking about these things? And so let me tell you why I think that these next few weeks are so vital in the life of our church. And, and like, this is so key, <laughs> If you are, are new with us this morning, if maybe you've been around for a little while, maybe you're just kind of testing the waters of Sherwood Oak, someone invited you and you said, sure, I'll come and check out this church, uh, see what they are about. Like, you need to know, um, you need to know that we are a church that is not just about a great Sunday morning experience. 
Susan mentioned it even in the, in the introduction and in the, the welcome this morning. Like we're, we're not just a church that's about a great Sunday morning experience. I'm telling you, we pour a lot of time and energy and, and resources into what we do on Sunday morning. We want to make it the best that we can. We believe in doing things excellent for the Lord. But it is not just about what we do in here on Sunday mornings. And I'm telling you, if that's the kind of church that you're looking for, we may not be it for you. We may not be it. We want to make a kingdom impact. We want to make a kingdom impact in your life. We want to make a kingdom impact in this community, and we want to do it around the world. And so our mission is not get as many butts in the seats and bucks in the plate as we can. And some of you are more offended that I just said but than I am that most people just find it appealing to come and sit in a church on a Sunday morning. But that's not what we are about. I'm telling you, there is too much at stake for the kingdom of God for us to just make this the only thing that we are about. There are broken and hurting people in our community that need to know the grace and the hope of Jesus. They need to know it. Some of you are family members with them. You are friends with them. You know the brokenness that they experience. And if the only thing that we are about is putting on a good face and coming through these doors on a Sunday morning, we are missing the point. So much more than that. And I know in my life I've settled for that. I've settled for that in a lot of ways and a lot of different times. As a church, we don't want to settle for that. It's not who we are so much more to it. And so our mission and our values, they hold us accountable to make sure that it is about so much more than that. So let's take a look um, a little bit deeper into what this means. The first part, people helping people grow generations of Christ-led influences. Now, don't miss this. Notice that, that the, our mission does not start off with elders helping people. Like, that's good, and our elders are a fantastic group of men who love this church, love the community, love the Lord, and they are here to serve. But our mission statement is not elders helping people. Our, our mission statement is, is not church staff helping people, or seminary trained helping people, or the spiritually mature helping people. That's not what it says. It says people helping people. Because what we believe is that we are all in this together. And each one of us has a unique and distinct responsibility to one another. We are people helping people. And it's a very simple phrase, but it's not simplistic. It's a reminder that the church is made up of ordinary men and women just like me and, and you who have a responsibility to one another. And, and we serve each other in response to a God who willingly served us through Jesus. The, the book of Ephesians remind us that, that God has given all of us, those of us who have submitted our lives to him, Jesus Christ is our, is our Lord and our Savior. We are, are endowed with the Holy Spirit. We have been given a role in the kingdom of God. All of us have a place in God's kingdom and within his church. Paul tells us in, in Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 11 through 13, he says, So Christ gave himself to the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers 
to equip his people for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We all create the body of Christ. We bring our unique and individual gifts together and form the body of Christ, of which Christ is the head. He says that, that we are built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, all of us who are followers of Jesus have been given gifts for the benefit of others. All of us have been called to serve in that way. Every now and then we'll be asked, um, so how many, how many ministers do you, does your church have? And, and I know what they mean by that question. What they're wanting to know is like how many, how many paid you know, ministerial staff members do you have that consider this to be like their full-time vocation? But but that is not the right answer to their question. The right answer would be Sherwood Oaks has about 5,000 ministers because that's how many unique people come through our doors across all of our campuses every quarter. Like That's not including visitors who just maybe come once, check us out, say, no, that's not really the church for me, and then we never really see them again. That's the people who call Sherwood Oaks Christian Church their church home. We have about 5,000 unique people who come through our doors and across all of our campuses in any given quarter. Now imagine the impact a church of 5,000 ordinary people like me and you can make when we take the first part of our mission statement seriously. When we understand that we are not just here to get from others, but that we are here to give to others too. We are people helping people. We are here to prepare one another to serve. We help one another mature. We teach one another to grow. This is the culture of people helping people, and it's one of the reasons why we exist as a church. We are in this together. Second part, people helping people grow generations of Christ-led influencers. Grow generations. These are two important words. And we believe that growing spiritually is a lifelong process and that we benefit from others who are maybe further along in our faith than what we are. But the truth is, is that others can also benefit from our faith when we invest in those who are coming up behind us. That's the biblical definition of discipleship. We are pouring into one another. Paul puts it like this towards the end of his life. uh, Paul writes a letter to a young man named Timothy. And it's the the last letter that he's going to write before his death. And I think Paul knows that his time is near. And so he writes with with even more a sense of urgency uh, than what we read in, in his other letters. And Timothy is his protege. Paul has kind of raised him up in ministry. He set him over the church in Ephesus. He wrote back to him a couple of times to encourage him, to instruct him. And and towards the end of his life, these are the words that Paul says to Timothy. He says, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach to others. He's saying, Timothy, this is what I've taught you, and trust it to others who will teach others, and who will teach others, who will teach others, and so on, and, and so forth. We pour into each other, regardless of generations, because it's what it means to be a disciple. It's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We are just following the example of Jesus, who poured himself into the life of his disciples, 
who then poured themselves into others. And the reason why we are sitting here today is because somebody did that to us. Somebody cared enough about you to point you to Jesus, to raise you up in him. And now we have the opportunity to do that to others. And we do it regardless of generational lines because we know that there is a lot that we can both teach and learn from each other. Several years ago, um, my wife Amber and I were a part of a life group. And uh, we used to joke around with our, our life group members. I don't think that they really found it funny. But we used to joke around with them that they were old enough to be our parents. Uh, because they, they were. Like, we were a young married couple. We didn't have kids at the time. But this group became like family to us. I mean, we look forward to every Monday night just gathering together and, and spending time with them. And these older men and women, they poured themselves into us. They ministered to us, which, just to be honest, there's a lot of times in ministry where like, that's all that's expected of you is to pour into others. And very seldom do we find that, and I'm not complaining at all, but very seldom do we find people that pour into us. And this group said, we're going to pour our lives in to you. And it was such a blessing to us during that time in life. And I'll never forget the, um, the day that Amber and I found out that she had experienced a miscarriage. And if you've ever been through the pain of, of a miscarriage, you know how difficult um, that time can be. And it's a, it's a weight and a pain and a burden that, that we found through our own experience that a lot of people carry, but they carry privately. You would never know. But what happens is that when somebody experiences a miscarriage, those folks who have gone through that pain wrap their arms around the ones currently going through it and minister to them and serve them and love them. And, and this group, this is what they did for us, this group of faithful men and women, they surrounded us with love and support and prayers in ways that we have never experienced before. They cried with us, they held us, and they shared their own experiences of pain and loss. And in, and in a way, that encouraged us to push through our own moment of pain. But something interesting happened several months after that experience. We were talking about it, and we were just relaying to them how much it meant to us, how, how they ministered to us in that moment and how grateful we were for them and for their, their friendship. And as we were thanking them for how they ministered to us, one of the, the ladies in the group started talking about how redeeming it was that God took that pain that they experienced so many years ago to help us through our current time of pain. I'm telling you, I think that's the beauty of multi-generational ministry. You know, we know, we know the older we get, the more pain and burdens we begin to carry. And the more we can look back on our life and say, man, that was hard. But as we mentor across generations, as we grow generations of Christ-led influencers, what we find is that we are, as we pour ourselves into those who are coming up behind us, we find that those painful moments in our life, God redeems them for his glory. And she told us that night, that she thanked God for a pain that she had cried for so many years to take away because God used it to minister to us. 
Tony, that's why we believe in multi-generational ministry. And that's why it's so important for us to grow generations together. Finally, Christ-led influencers. People helping people is who we are. Growing generations is what we do. Christ-led influencers is what we want to accomplish. Our purpose is to create a positive influence for Christ in this world. Jesus said that we are to be salt and, and light to the world. Both salt and light influence in a very positive way. And so our influence in this world must be centered and focused on Christ alone. And when we do that, we will have a positive impact in this world and in the lives around us. And the good news about this is that every single one of us can live this out. We can live this out in our, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, with our one life. We can live it out in our community and around the world. Wherever you are, you can be a Christ-led influencer. God has positioned you in that place for that moment to make a difference for him and for his kingdom. And in a world that is increasingly turning its back on God and living in the pain of brokenness and sin, we have the opportunity to shed our light on him and to point people to the hope of the world, which is Jesus. And so that's why we exist. At Sherwood Oaks Christian Church, we are people helping people grow generations of Christ-led influencers. That is our mission. Our mission is the why behind what we do. And so what we do is we gather for Sunday morning worship what we do is life groups and Bible studies that meet in homes throughout the week. What we do is serve our community in ways like Habitat for Humanity and partner with global missions around the world who are reaching people with the good news of Jesus. What we do is partner with families who are in need. What we do is one life where we invest ourselves in people who are not yet followers of Jesus in hopes that God would use us to develop a friendship with them and discover their story and discern their next steps towards him. And all of these things are what help us both as a church and individually live out this mission of people helping people grow generations of Christ-led influencers. And so that's our mission. And where do we go from here? Next week, we'll start looking at our values and kind of piecing those together and what they fully mean. But before we do that, let me just ask you a few evaluating questions in light of what we talked about today. Think about your circle of friends, whether it be here at the church or in life. Are they people in the same age and stage of life as you are, or are you connecting with different generations in order to be a blessing to them? Think about who you are pouring yourself into and who's pouring themselves into you. Do you have anyone? Have you believed the lie that you're too old for that <laughs> or that you're too young for that or that that's just the job of church staff and ministers? Can you think of anyone that you are helping grow in their relationship with Christ or have you fallen into the trap of believing that church is just a place for you to be fed and have your needs met or even worse, have your wants met? Are you serving anywhere? Are you giving your time, your talent, your treasure to people who could never repay you? Are you stepping out in faith in some way and learning how to trust Jesus more? Are you serving others and putting their needs above your own? Or are you just sitting on the sidelines waiting to be served?
Are you living as a spiritual influencer to someone who is not yet a follower of Jesus? Do you have a one life, someone that you are praying for to find faith in Jesus and for God to use you in that person's journey to him? What's your next step? So one of those questions that kind of hit a little bit closer to home going, yeah, no, I, I need to do that. Is it joining a life group or a Bible study? Ladies, we have a new Bible study that's starting on Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night, Beth Moore study called The Quest, and it's not too late to sign up out in the lobby. Guys, we have a men's ministry kickoff event coming up on April 28th where we can get connected with other guys in the church. We're going to be roasting a hog and playing some games, fishing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Do you need to get connected with a group of people who can help you and whom you can help? Is your next step serving somewhere? Maybe our kids' ministry. Maybe as a greeter. Is it signing up for a mission trip or finding a one life? Whatever it is, my prayer for you this week is that you will have the courage to take that next step of faith that God is calling you to. And that you will experience the joy of a life lived fully devoted to God as we move towards being a church of people helping people grow generations of Christ-led influencers. Let's pray. God, thank you for um, the, your wisdom and uh, how you established the, the church. Thank you that uh, on, on the day of Pentecost, it went from uh, 120 followers of Jesus who were gathering together to 3,000 by that afternoon who were part of the family, and 5,000 later. And that movement has grown into what we're a part of today. The church body, the church family that you have assembled and organized for your purposes and your plan. And Father, I pray that you will forgive me and you'll forgive us when we feel like it's our thing. That it's about what we want and not what you want for us. And Lord, I pray that as a, as a church, we will be about you and your kingdom and making a way and making room for more people to come and experience that. Father, I pray that our light will shine brightly in this community and around the world. And as people come and get connected, that, uh, that they will find that they have a place here. They have a ministry here. That we're in this together for one another to bring you honor and glory. And so I'm grateful for this church. I'm, I'm grateful for the Bedford campus. And I am incredibly grateful for what you are doing here and the work that I believe and we believe has only just begun. So may our hearts be set on you and our minds. Um, Lord, give us a ministry that only you can. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to...